Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come into the coach and get together and have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Duke. Oh, yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. <laughs> there's only three of us. Yes, there's only three. And it's very difficult to hear all of us. Yes, that's right. People can't... Yeah, we, we, We've tweaked the mics a bit. So... You should hear very little background noise. That's what we're hoping. Just because uh, we've noticed in the back, you know, in the past, there, there's been some issues with the background noise. Unfortunately, it Internet used to be quiet. Crossed. It used to be quiet, and unfortunately, the volume here at Epic Puzzles and Games, because it's getting popular and filled with more and more people, has increased dramatically. But uh, with that said, we have a great show tonight. Uh, it's going to be the, the first of many creepy Halloween ones, we hope. Uh, so we're going to have two authors tonight. That's right, two. We're going to have author K.M. Alexander uh, coming on, talking about his new book, Old Broken Road, which just came out October 14th. Yep, Tuesday. Um, and his first novel, The Stars Were Right, which uh, Drew has right over here, right in front of him. It's an and amazing book. So we'll talk to him about that, and then we're going to be talking to uh, author Jonathan Ryan, talking about his book, Three Gates of the Dead, which, you know, blends theology, murder, mystery, horror, paranormal investigation, one man's struggle with his belief in God, and he's haunted by his ex-girlfriend. That's right. Aren't we all? <laughs> I, was about to I say, mean, I yeah. am. And then, uh, I have those problems. Yeah, and then the You Geek Media guys are going to be stopping in and yeah. having some fun with us tonight. And who knows? There might be something given away tonight. What? To a lucky call-in person. Or maybe it'll go out on social media. I don't know. We'll just have to figure out how that is going to happen exactly. More specifically, free stuff for you. Ooh, I, lo- I love this app now. Everyone oh, can... man, you got the spooky sounds going. I do. I got the spooky stuff I going. I love it. <laughs> I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Man, I'm freaking eating this microphone tonight. I know. We, we have to now. It's kind of cool. I'm uh, chewing on this fuzzy thing. But, you know, there is nothing more satisfying than having little kids scream bloody murder and running down the streets after they've collected candy at your house. I just love it. Sorry. Nice. We're uh, we're gonna take the little one out for the, her first Halloween this year. I'm nice. pretty excited about that. Yeah, we're, we're, I, I got to figure out the whole trick or treating thing, but it will be fun. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, just don't resort to doing the whole trunk or treat thing. That's lame. <laughs> no, I mean, and my kids have said that, but see. And I honestly don't know if that's just a Utah thing. No, no, it's not. It's elsewhere as well. Uh, 
Uh, uh, friends that are out of out of state that are complaining about it as well. It you, just seems to be the new thing. Is that where you just throw them in the car and drive around? Well, no, it's where you go. It's, <laughs> no, like it's much where you go to your, your local church or the mall, and people are a bunch of people are pretty much in the parking lot. Their trunks are open and there's candy. Oh in there. man! So here's one thing that Utahns do not do that Michiganders do right on Halloween. Uh, when I grew up. Uh, I went trick-or-treating, and my dad went trick-or-drinking, and he brought a <laughs> cup with him, and he would trick-or-drink, and I would trick-or-treat, and they, what, the neighbors that were down would just give him a shot of whatever they had on hand, and, you know, he'd have that and walk around the neighborhood with me, and that's a true childhood memory right there, man. I'll tell you <laughs> nice. what. Yeah. Utah, not so much. Not so much. Oh, well, I mean... Man. I mean, there, there's some interesting things, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my Halloween's going to be really interesting because it's also my ex-wife's weekend with the kids. Oh, okay. And so at 9 o'clock exactly, their trick-or-treating ends, and then they spend the next hour and a half in a car driving to mom's house. Awesome. At that uh... point, I have to drive to Salt Lake from my house because uh, talking with Valerie from FantasyCon, uh, I'll probably be assisting in judging a cosplay contest Ooh. Uh, that night. So, Very cool. Props um, to the uh, cosplay contest. Yeah. So I'm excited. I've, I've talked with Valerie over at FantasyCon. They're coming on the show in two weeks. Awesome. So, so excited No, not two weeks. Three weeks. Excuse me. Okay. I, I'm missing a week because I won't be here next week. Uh, in three weeks. No yeah. So the first week uh, in November, and we're going to be talking about stuff. So Valerie and probably Josh is coming in to talk about some exciting stuff. Uh, I mean, FantasyCon's in June. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they've moved to the Salt, uh, the San Diego Expo Center. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't, I can't wow. say yet why. I'll let them announce it. But there's some cool stuff coming. I'm really excited. That's so, way cool. All right. Um, Hopefully, then they could be they can be on the show with us to oh, actually unveil. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. So, let's let's just say they looked for another home other than the Salt Palace, just yeah. because Salt Palace was really it was booked out. Yeah. And there's yeah. some, some issues, um, and they had to find a place to actually that could house the three story tall dragon. Mm-hmm. So the Expo Center is the only real other place. Yeah. Um, but the ideas they have and what they're doing, Valerie's doing a great job. Um, I'm excited, and I can talk to you guys about it off air. Dude, um, I'm just, freaked out by this music right now. Really? That's okay. All right. I like being freaked out. But okay. That's I'll, awesome. I love fantasy kind. I'll just put, push that button. Let me get the weird, creepy laugh going on in the background. <laughs> awesome. Some weird lady with thinning hair just yeah. screaming in the background. Yeah. That freaks me out. <laughs> I wonder what this button does, because it looks like Jaws coming out of water. Dude, it's All right, that creepy dude. <laughs> Man. I love this app. You need to hook this up to a sound system and put it on your porch for Halloween. Oh, already done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just blast the speakers out the window. Strobe lights. I've got some ah. black crepe paper. I just need to get some white stuff. Crepe paper. We're, I'm going to have some fun. I, now I just get, need to get some colored lights. But, uh, oh, man. yeah. So, Joe's uh, messing with the doohickey. The doohickey. So yeah. things are great. Uh, the volume doohickey. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to have Amber and Dez in talking about... Uh, their new project, uh, the Geek Girl Community Project they have nice. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it sounds like it's just going to be Flagoon and Joe heading up the show because uh, I'll be busy. Uh, Drew will be out of town, and uh, Zakora is still on sabbatical. Yep. 
That's awesome, though. Look at Joe yeah. and yeah. Joe and Flagoon with the ladies. Yep. And then the following right. week is going to be our oh. Halloween special, and uh, we're going to be talking to author Dan Wells, oh. the, <laughs> the king of horror creepiness and everything else, uh, talking awesome. about his new upcoming book, The Devil's Best Friend, which is a new John Cleaver book. So, oh, uh, so we're going to get nice. the scoop on that, huh? So that'll be awesome. Nice. Um, so yeah, and we're gonna have some fun. Um, and then we do the fantasy, the fantasy con interview. And then we're gonna have uh, Shayla MacArthur on, and then we'll have one other great interview. And then we're gonna have a best of show because it's Thanksgiving and we're not gonna be here. Yeah, I let's, mean, let's just face it. <laughs> I mean, I love doing the show, but you yeah. know what I love more than that? Yeah. Eating. I know. Yep. Well, and and then in December we're gonna run into the same problem because Christmas lands on a Thursday. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah. Well, that's good because I won't be here. So yeah, yeah. See, that let's can out. something for yeah, that. We'll can something. And well, and then see, this is this is the other thing. Is but not Joe. We don't want to can Joe. No, don't we can me. We, we like we like Joe. Joe I'm lot. already pickled as it is. <laughs> yeah, and this is the other thing we're gonna have to decide because well, you know, Christmas is on the 25th. That means New Year's Day is a Thursday yeah, as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, no, we're going to have to figure out how we... We, might, do, we might be doing I'll drag myself in hungover for of, that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. New Year's oh, Day, no, whatever. See, we are, we, so the Flagoon and I already have a, have a, have a plan. Okay. Every, the last show of the year, we uh, Flagoon and I... We did this last year, but we... I mean, we might want to cover your ears, Rev. You know, you know, <laughs> well, that might not yeah. happen. We got to talk about a couple of things. <laughs> so, um, okay, then maybe I'll I'll, I'll share the deets at another. There you go. Uh, we'll, another we'll, another we'll, venue. We'll talk, and then we'll we'll figure out. <laughs> okay. Just because. All right. There are some things in play that we See, have to figure. We're, we're on you know. we're on the hip today, guys. We we're are just we're just shooting off the hip today. So we are. But I hate you, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> My brother used to pin me to the floor <laughs> and force me to watch that. <laughs> I hate Freddy a lot. You want to know what? I sat through the entire movie. Mesmerized. Uh, we haven't got the... Uh, it looks like it's coming in, so okay. real quickly. Mesmerized, you know, by the blood, the gore, people getting killed left and right. Guy, you know, Johnny Depp getting thrown into the ceiling, mm-hmm. covered in blood, fly, coming out of his waterbed. Didn't, didn't spook me at all. None of that spooked me. The one scene in that entire movie that spooked me is when she answers the phone and Freddie's tongue comes out. Yeah. I couldn't answer the phone for two weeks. Yeah. That freaked the crap out of me. <laughs> the fact that people were getting sliced and diced didn't bug me. Nothing. A tongue coming out of the phone completely freaked the crap yep. out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Looks hey. like our first uh, interview is up. All right. So let's uh, go ahead and snag this. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Is this uh, Kame Alexander? This is. Hello, Dungeons Crawlers Radio. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, giving us some of your time to come on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to do this kind of thing. Yeah, so I I heard that you are good friends with Drew. I am friends with Drew. That's right, yes. Um, We we kind of are in like a little writing room together. So, yeah. He's, yeah, he's read some so. of my stuff. I've read some of his stuff. All yeah. right. Thank you for that, by the way, on both accounts, <laughs> letting me read and you reading my stuff. Um, so, Thank you. yeah, just just in disclosure, like uh, KM and I met up on, on Twitter through a couple of writing friends that we had in common. And uh, and so I was actually um, out in his neck of the woods on Sunday and Monday for work, but um, 
dang Canadian Thanksgiving got in the way of our plans of getting together and, and sharing a pint and talking shop a little bit. But um, so Cam, thanks for being on, man. And uh, um, so do you want to just go ahead and kind of kick it off by what you do, what style you write, um, talk about low vat in your world a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that could that could totally do that. Um, awesome. What I do, well, I'm a writer, and uh, <laughs> I I uh, I currently write in what would probably be classified as weird fiction um, or the new weird. Um, guys like uh, Neil Gaiman, China Marvel are kind of the big names that write in that type of thing. Um, really, what it is is like a like a mishmash or a blending of a bunch of genres. So a little bit of fantasy a little bit of horror, a little bit of sci-fi, just kind of blending all that together, which I really enjoy. Um, I like non-traditional stuff a lot, so I mess around with that kind of thing. Um, what I have currently on the market is two books. Uh, my my, new, my latest book, Old Broken Road, just came out on Tuesday, so that's pretty pretty big news. Um, yeah, and, Old Broken Road. <laughs> and uh, the book before that... Um, which is part of the series. They're both standalone titles, but they're definitely tied together. Um, is the stars were right, which is taken from a, a, a Lovecraft quote about the great old ones returning. So um, the world is the idea actually um, came uh, when a friend of mine and I were talking about what, what it would be like if, you know, Lovecraft's great old ones returned and kind of wrecked shop and then uh, disappeared again. Like what would happen? And, uh, so there's a little bit of post-apocalyptic element of that. And, um, you know, what happens when something so drastic changes the face of the world and then the society has to kind of rebuild and what kind of society grows up around that. So um, that's where uh, Lobat came from. Lobat's a megapolis, which is kind of the setting for the first book. It's not the setting for Old Broken Road, but um, multi-leveled city um, kind of it, – it's, it's, there's not a real, like, definite um, – uh, I would say there's not like a definite like time era to really set it in as because there's stuff that's definitely old technology from the previous world. And there's like newer tech, or, you know, their own technology from their current world. And so it's kind of a mishmash of that. And there's like strange races, different type of races um, throughout the, throughout the world. There's kind of the more bestial races, which are like anthropomorphic um, octopuses or um, like frog people. Um, and then there's also, yeah more humanoid races, um, like the Dominions, which are like humans, but they have like um, bony spurs that grow from various parts of their body. And then there's also like the Dogger, which is like a mask race um, that wear these strange masks and made of metal and have a whole society built up around that. So that's the world that it's set in. The first, the first book uh, follows uh, the protagonist, a guy named Waldo Bell, and he's a caravan master. He arrives uh, in town and um, is accused of a series of murders that he is connected to but he did not commit he doesn't know like these are his friends he does and they kind of he gets accused of um, murdering people and um he has, has to kind of escape the police go on the run try to figure out who's doing it and clear his name and uh so that's the first book um yeah and along the way monsters and cults and all sorts of stuff so in the second all book, sorts uh, of insanity <laughs> exactly uh the second book old broken road which just came out um kind of puts Wall to work while the walls back as a caravan master um, and is forced to lead a uh, caravan down a, an old broken road um, that uh, he that, um, has like a bunch of mystery and kind of rumors swirling around it. And um, uh, some strange stuff starts happening. And so he's got to kind of deal with what he went through in the first book 
And then in the second book, uh, so he's dealing with that, and then he's also has to face this uh, this new um, menacing presence that seems to be affecting the caravan. So that's uh, Old Broken Road in a nutshell. And the stars are right in my world. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, uh, so thoroughly. Yeah, that that was awesome. No, so. no, I have a question. Can you repeat all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually weren't recording right then, so sorry about no, that. No, just kidding. Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, so It's really intriguing, especially where you have kind of the, the setup for the multi-leveled city. I know yeah. we've kind of seen that a little bit like in Star Wars, um, uh, Blade Runner mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but that's always... Yeah, that's kind of a, a a huge undertaking because if you don't do it right, I mean, it, it falls apart. Yeah. But well, if you do it right, it's pretty sweet. And, and so I'll attest, having read The Stars Were Right, um, I'll attest that I, I really think that the KM's done it right because he, he puts a lot of detail in knowing where light is and, more importantly, where light is not. Um, and, and so he he's able to put in uh to kind of affect a powerful mood in knowing that there's a lot of shadow in the lower levels um you know some of the lower levels are in more decay and then it uh correct me if I'm wrong here man but it's like a almost like a hierarchy the higher up you go the richer you are or the better off that level is and these levels have very distinct personalities all the way down to the bottom where uh the water is and the amphibian races and that sort of stuff yeah, Lovet, Lovet's a coastal city, so it's um, the city itself uh, is actually built on the bones of an older city that was, you know, yep. existed before, before you know, every, what the, what's called the aligning, which is when all the, the monsters came back and changed everything. And yeah. um, this is a, for the far enough now that most people don't even believe in the aligning um, in the world. Like, it's not, it's, it's almost like a myth and legend to them. Um, so the bottom level, as, as Drew saying, is it's flooded. It's called the sunk, and that's actually level one. And that's where a lot of like the beast beast races live. And then above that is level two, which is pretty pretty shabby. Um, and then you kind of go up, and the city itself is nine levels high. And yeah, it's definitely level nine, which doesn't get explored in in the first book and not in Old Broken Road. Level nine is um, kind of like the newest level, and so it's kind of getting built. Um, and book three, which is in process, actually will take place um, in the upper reaches of the city, which is kind of the goal. Very cool. That one is. And that's called Very uh, cool. the next book will be Red Litten World, which is uh, yeah, which kind of deals with like the upper crust of society. So. Yeah, and, and so um, I'll tell all the fans out here that going off of uh, off of the description of this, um, there, there is something for everybody in this book. I mean, th- this kind of hits a lot of the sweet spots for uh, for our beloved fans. If you like fantasy, you'll like this book. If you like horror, you'll like this book. If you like Lovecraft and Cthulhu or mystery, you'll like this book. So uh, I'm done pitching because I really just want to ask a bunch of questions, <laughs> but but I, I I just can't say it enough. And and so um, this is self published, right? And this is this is the first work that you have out, or a first full length work. Is that correct? Uh, Old Broken Road will be will be number two, but yeah, Stars Right was my yeah. first full length work. That yeah, was, uh, yeah, and it's self published. I did. I mean, I hired an illustrator to do, like, the, the cover lettering, but the design, the book layout, everything is all done by me. It's been an undertaking. Well, and I realize today, know, I realize today that I don't, I don't just write books. I'm like, I make books. I'm actually making physical yeah. experiences. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, that's something that's really cool about now is you can still get a book out that you, you've written without having to go the traditional routes. I mean, it used to be nigh impossible to be published. Now... 
you know, it, it, you want to skip that step, you can do it yourself. Um, you know, we've talked with John Brown, uh, several other authors, Craig Nibo, James Wymore, these guys all kind of have skipped that step and they get what they write out there. So kind of... And it's still quality, And it, right? it's still really good quality. You know, a... kind of pulling that back, what made you decide to not go the traditional route and self-publish? That's a good question. I was actually asked that uh today as well uh, from someone else, so I have an answer already prepared. Um, nice. <laughs> I It really came down to me. Um, so I have a background in, like, the startup scene. Uh, it's, I live in Seattle. It, you know, I, I was, I've, done, it, I was, I've been involved in the startup, the startup world. And I've always really liked control. And when I say control, I'm talking about everything from, like, cover design to, like, advertising to um, the way – I build the world out even online. And um, a lot of times traditional publishers for very good reason aren't willing to take, um, aren't, aren't interested in taking risks like that. Like that, like there's a, like usually they have like, there's a reason why it's so like, you know, my covers sound like, for, it was just my covers for the, the example. Like they yeah. are, they're very different from your typical um, fantasy Cthulhu style cover, right? Like I'm taking a risk with that, but I'm also like paying a lot of attention to those kind of things. And and there's a reason why traditional publishers like this is what we do for this cover. This is what we do for this cover. Like they all tend to like sci-fi look this way, fantasies look this way, websites look this way. Like like and I and I like taking a little bit more risk. So control is a big reason for me. And then um, the other the other thing that I'm really really particular about is like a really good quality product um, from the way the book is laid out on the interior to the, the way the cover feels to, to like that sort just to like the swag that I give away for free at conventions. Um, so yeah. like, and being, <laughs> being able to pay attention to that kind of stuff and give and, and kind of have the creative control. I'm almost like, I look at it almost, you know, I write these books, but then I'm also the creative director of the whole portion of it. So, like, yeah. I'm deciding the way, like, the, the buttons and the stickers and the bookmarks and everything like that works as well. So that's, well, that's a big reason why I went this way. And people who are out there listening right now, if you go to, to kmalexander.com, um, you can take a look at his books. Um, he's not lying when he talks about the quality of the book. This This book looks and feels Actually, it feels better than most books you would pick up at at a you know, big box store or something like that from no, a publishing house. It is a really good, solid uh, it has backing. This great, like satin finish to the paper, and it just it feels amazing. My business cards have the same finish, and it just feels incredible. So it's very tactile. But I love the fact um, that you that you had your friend do artwork and then also do the lettering, right? So this is hand drawn lettering instead of, you know, some sort of font out of Photoshop or something like that, right? Yeah, the guy, the, the gentleman who did that is, is illustrated named John Catino, who's, who's based out of New York, and he's incredible. And I would write, yeah. com is his uh, his website, and he's done everything from apparel to, to book cover design, and I approached him, and he, he said he'd be willing to do it, and we, you know, collaborated, and he kind of hit the ball out of the park with it, and and when I was working on Old Broken Road, I'm like, hey, I'm writing another book. You're interested to kind of keep that same theme going. And uh, he he was interested. And again, it just looks fantastic. And yeah. I'll probably be. I haven't I haven't actually emailed him yet, but I'm like, I, I pretty much have to be like, hey, John, I wrote a third book. I need you to do more. Lettering <laughs> for me. So, um, Please. He'll, he'll be getting. If, he's, if you're listening right now, John, you're going to be getting an email from me any day now. So. <laughs> oh, and that, that means you can totally jack up the prices, John. 
but don't because we love we love KM a lot. So don't do that. <laughs> um so so uh I just want to say like ha- having read uh Waldo Bell, the caravan master, the the main uh protagonist for uh The Stars Were Right um is awesome. He's kind of a tough nut. He is kind of a MacGyver. He's kind of a mishmash of things. But ultimately, he's just trying to survive the day. Um, and so um, can you just talk a little bit about your inspiration for Waldo and then um, that, anything in particular that we can look forward to in Old Broken Road with him without giving out spoilers? Yeah. Without giving out spoilers. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, as far as, like, the, the, the goal with Waldo was, to create um, a, just a normal blue-collar guy that kind of gets thrust into a heroic situation. Um, I'm always really attracted to those kind of stories. Um, a, a good, another good example of kind of a blue-collar dude would probably be um, Harry Dresden from, like, the Dresden Files is another kind yep. of... They're, they're very much cut from the same cloth as those type of characters. Um, and, and I've always really liked that kind of, like... Um, normal dude <laughs> that just wants, yeah. to, as, as you said, <laughs> just wants to survive. And and I think in this situation, you know, he's got a blue collar job. He's smart at what he does. He's, he's a good caravan master. Um, and he really, in in the stars are right. He wants to just kind of kick back, have a few beers. Um, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a food nut, so he wants to eat a lot. <laughs> um, and he does eat a lot through the course of the books. I've had readers tell me that they, the book makes them hungry. It made me hungry when I was writing it. So um, it. <laughs> It shows, but uh, so I, I think that was kind of Wall's motivation. He just wants to kind of relax, so he's thrust into a, um, a situation that he doesn't expect. He's he kind of he kind of stumbles through it. And he also, and, and I think um, I wanted to start him in that place because I have a, there's I have an arc kind of in my mind for where 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 Wall will go over over the course of the books that I write with him, and and that's where he at least starts. And then, but when we when we meet up with him again in um, old Broken Road. He's 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 still the same wall that we love. He's still the same normal blue collar guy. But the one thing that I've always really wanted to see more of in fantasy fiction is I want to see characters that sometimes um, that that really kind of change over a course of time. So they, mm-hmm. they either mature or like things actually affect them. And like you know, I see people every day that when you know, loss happens in their life or like this cast, like a catastrophic event happens in their life or they experience something horrific. Like that, that affects people. Right. And so sure. I, I wanted to, yeah. kind of, I wanted to kind of carry that through. So, um, Walt's definitely struggling with the stuff that he went through in the, uh, in, in the stars are right in old broken road. And he's a little bit more wary as a result. And some of that kind of goes into his, his thinking. He also is a little bit, um, he also tends to, and it's not something. So, well, just just for everybody to to know, like um, the book is told from Wall's perspective, so he's the one kind of telling the story. So I don't even know if he realizes all these that like, all this stuff is necessarily happening. But that's kind of what happens in Old Broken Road. So when he's kind of kind of strong armed into taking this route, which he doesn't want to take, and strange things starts happening, like he kind of has to he kind of has to come to terms with the crazy stuff he saw in the stars were right. And now this new stuff that he's going to have to deal with. And um, I mean, some of those themes are also born of just Lovecraftian fiction in general. Madness is a big part of, you know, Lovecraft's work. I mean, people go crazy all the time. Um, 
I mean, it's a big part of even like the games around Lovecraft, right? The sanity meter and all that sort of stuff. And as you play those games, like yeah. you know, your characters can even go crazy. And so I like, like, well, I don't, I'm not dealing with like insanity at that level, but there's still, you know, deeply like there's certain things that have happened that, you know, Wall's going to have to deal with to kind of, um, adventures, adventures down the broken road. So, um, that was a lot of fun to kind of, fun for me. It's not fun for Wall. It was fun to play with that type of thing within the, within the context of the story. So, so then do you see, uh, do you see either, uh, Waldo or any of the other characters perhaps maybe, um, changing in sort of like the, into like a negative because with all these adverse, um, these adverse circumstances and this, um, and the sort of horror element that you're dealing with, um, could that possibly cause them to degrade as people become more villainous or, or, um, I don't want to say insane. Like you just painted, said, right? Yeah. Could yeah. we, could we, could we see some changes like that? Potentially. Um, I, I don't want to get into it too far within the, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything that is to come, but, um, yeah, yeah there's definitely, there's definitely going to be characters that will, will go through things like that as well. Um, so far, it's really been a lot. It's, it's really, I mean, the stories are pretty focused around Wall, so it's really just kind of Wall that's doing with stuff. Um, I'm trying to introduce a lot more characters um, in Old Broken Road. It's definitely more of a cast of characters as opposed to kind of Wall versus the world, which is definitely kind of the stars are right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm just taking a glance over your, your webpage. I have to say this is pretty cool. I mean, his site is cool. Well, I'm just going down here, you know, the old Broken Road swag packs are in store. I mean, I haven't seen an author do this before. So, I mean, you get old Broken Road-themed bookmarks, a new set of stickers, uh, and, and it sounds like a bunch of other stuff here. And not only that, he has the old Broken playlist. Check out, it's basically, you get to see the music that helped him inspire, uh, that inspired him for this book. Again, you know, we kind of ask that question to our authors, but here you're just like, all right, here it is. <laughs> I mean, before we even asked, it's pretty sweet. Um, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. And I like, uh, I like to expose the process. I think the process is, is it, it can be as inspirational as like a finished work, right? Um, yeah. My wife uh, is an incredibly talented painter, um, and her 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 website's I'm gonna I'm gonna plug her here. Uh, plug. Carlisa dot Carlisa.com. She's incredibly talented, and um, she's very very active on Instagram and. Um, is always posting like process pics. And I think that's really, you know, everybody out there is creative and wants to create cool things. And I think exposing the process is really important to kind of um, engage people creatively because a lot of times people only see the finished product and they don't get to see all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. And mm-hmm. um, we, we curate our lives so much online. I mean, I mean, we're all guilty of this where we never post, the negative stuff that's going on. We never post, I never post like pages of expletives where I'm angry about the way a chapter is not going my way. I, you know, but we all deal with that as, as creative people and we all struggle through that. And so trying to explore kind of, here's the process, here's the things I do. I think about these things too. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to kind of encourage people to kind of follow their, their dreams, whatever they may be. Well, I'm just I'm, okay. I'm reading over the stars were right playlist right now. So I mean, you, you've got some Billie Holiday, you got some Leonard Skinner, Dropkick Murphys, you know, Iggy Pop, uh, Miles Davis, which one of my favorite jazz players, um, Modest Mouse, Pixies, uh, 
the Stooges, Bob Dylan, <laughs> the Flaming Lips. I mean, how can you not love this playlist? And I'm just, I'm like, okay, if this is the music going on, I gotta read this book. You know, and then we, let's go. You know, let's go to uh, Old Broken Road. I mean, you got Nirvana, mm-hmm. Future Island, Family Wagon, the Avert Brothers, uh, Steve Earle, uh, Dead Man's Bones. Morning Ritual, uh, the Mountain Goats, Louis, you know Louis Armstrong, uh, Jake Bug, the Civil Wars, TV on Radio, the Ills, the Dead Weather, the Stray Birds. I mean, that's just a few. I mean, there he's got like a list of thirty-one songs here. It's actually every song he listened to while writing the book. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sweet. I, mean, I, I, you know, I love music. And, you know, it's one question, like I said, it's one question we always ask, you know, when you were writing this scene, you know, what were you playing? And, you know, you, you get some people that are just like, oh, I was kind of listening to like Beethoven or I was listening you know, to this or that. The Lord you of know. the Rings soundtrack. Yeah, right? you know, and, and I know we've had like Larry Korea and he's like, oh, I was listening to like Leonard Skinner or stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, you know, you can tell when the author is being genuine or he's just throwing something out there. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have it all listed out, the actual song, who the actual artist was, is just amazing. So, yep. oh, man. Glad you like it. I, 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 I need to read these books now. <laughs> you know, and not only that... To... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's fun to put together those playlists. Um, there's, It's interesting to listen to them side by side as the, as mm-hmm. the author and... I can definitely see like where I was at when I was writing the stars are right. And like where I'm at, where I was at when I was writing, um, uh, the, uh, the old broken road. And mm-hmm. like, even the themes within the, the stories, like the old broken road is kind of this dark Southern Gothic kind of thing going on. And then yeah. stars are right. Is, is, is a little bit more of like alternative and jazz heavy. And like in red Litton world's playlist, which I've been working on as well. Why I write that book is, is definitely a little bit more kind of jazzy bluesy, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah. Well, I mean, this is another thing, you know, on his site he has up here, you know, if you're really interested in this, but, you know, you want to start with maybe like the ebook, get, it looks like uh, you have it posted online now for 2.99 for the ebook. I mean, that's and it says permanently. Big exclamation yep. point. <laughs> so, you're not going to worry, you know, in 2 weeks when you, you know, if, you're one of those listeners that hears this two, three weeks down the road. It's still going to be two ninety nine. Go pick up the book. Yeah. Yeah. I I have the I actually have the trade paperback version. Um, and the paperback is amazing. It, it's worth every freaking penny of it. But two ninety nine is a steal for for, for an a, e-book, a yeah. pretty great read. So. Um, well, and, you know, and just saying, you know, I know a lot of people out there hear paperback and they're completely turned off. But yep. you know self-published paperbacks aren't really bad. I mean, they have great artwork. They're very sturdy. They're not flimsy or cheap. They're not going to fall apart. And if you're crazy insane like I am and never break a spine on my paperbacks, it's going to last you a lot longer than you think. <laughs> I don't know if my spine... I don't yeah, know the, my the spine quality of the paperbacks is... Uh, thank you guys for all your kind words. I do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, oh. the, qual- the quality of the paperbacks is it kind of shocked me about how well it turned out. Um, and you know, as uh, as Drew Drew mentioned, like you know, wanting to release a quality product was a big part of my you know the reason why I went into why I went indie instead of traditional, so I could have that type of control. And so making sure that it was something that really felt good in hand 
is was really important. So that was definitely. It's, I'm glad you guys like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a stinking mass market paperback. Yeah, this is the big a, one. No, I it, it, yeah, it, seriously, it, it solidifies the purchase. It, it well, justifies the purchase. When Drew handed it to me, you can immediately tell the quality of the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just from touching. This it, is like yeah. the the just the quality of the paper of the cover is something that you would find in like a second or third or a fourth printing of a book yeah. that's now gone really popular and mainstream. And they go, hey, let's put something really cool together. And mm-hmm. this is like a second or third edition treatment to it. And it's just, it's great. So, hey, man, I don't want to like just sound like all I'm doing is hyping you up, KM. Um, so, <laughs> but it's, so that, you, isn't that what we normally well, it is, it is what we normally do. So I was, I was, uh, I think I was, less complimentary to Bob Salvatore last week than I am on this show. So, um, but so can you just talk about if people go to your website, they can see your project tracker, which is one thing that I just completely stole from your website for mine. Um, just cause yeah. it's so awesome to see where you are in the stages and you have four out here right now, and I'm sure you have a couple more cooking up. Can you talk about those and is it is it I mean, can you talk about um the upcoming series that you're working on or is it too early to talk about that as well? <laughs> I haven't I mean really not I'm not putting you on the spot, but I haven't I haven't really announced that yet. So maybe I'll just oh, announce shoot. it here. I'll announce it with okay. you guys. No, no, okay. no. That's fine. That's fine. Um yeah, so I'm working on a new series. Uh it is a fantasy series. Um it is a non traditional fantasy series because I can't do anything normal. Um, it is loosely based on Aboriginal myth and lore. Um, it's, it takes place on this kind of giant continent that has kind of gone through, um, through some pretty serious, uh, changes to its climate over the years. And it's kind of affected people, um, strange immensities walk the land. And when I say immensities, I'm talking like, Big as mountain type giants, like not not like giants, like oh they're you know twenty feet tall. I'm talking giants that are thousands and thousands and thousands of feet tall, huge. Um, and uh, the people kind of live in their shadows, and it kind of follows um, it, it follows kind of a young girl as she discovers um, a uh, what's the uh, trying to figure out ways without spoiling things too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, follows a young girl who meets a woman who has some pretty extraordinary powers and um, there's some consequences because a lot of people are scared of that. And so I'm kind of dealing with some of that stuff as well. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the next series that I'm working on. Uh, I'm going to probably release it kind of in a serial format. So I think I'm going to release it all as an ebook and kind of split it up into three smaller books. Um, and the first one will be free. And then I'm going to kind of create a like an omnibus that has everything kind of gathered together. If you guys ever read like Hugh Howey stuff, like Wolf, he's, he does that a lot. And um, so I'm, I kind of want to mess around with that idea of the kind of releasing something over the course of a few months in that in that in that regard. So I'm working on that right now, um, and I, I have my trackers up to kind of show where I'm at. Um, it's something that I again just kind of exposing my process is always fun to do. So that's what the trackers are really there for. And I think a lot of those that are currently there are pretty full because yeah. I, have, I have books that are out being read by people. I have books that are currently in revisions, which is Red Light and World, the next one, a Wallace story. Um, the book, this next series that I'm working on, uh, this is called uh, Our Dust Forever Echoes, 
and um, the first book I think is going to be called Awaking Thunder, which is uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a change of pace, but I'm really really enjoying that one, and I'm getting really good feedback from people, so I'm getting kind of excited. <laughs> um, and I still have a lot more to write because I'm like, here's the first part of it. And, um, a lot of people. Are, I had one of my readers come back to me and said she was mad because there was no more like there wasn't any more book. It was just this portion. I'm like, oh, the next one's coming. She's like, you can't just leave me like that. I'm like, sorry. It's just, I, I need, yeah. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've been really kind of enjoying that and kind of changing things up a little bit from, from Wall's World. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited for it. I think your actual naming of books is just incredible. They all kind of set a tone for the book, but I think we're coming up to time here. Do you want to give a plug for yourself and for your wife and, and anybody else and just plug away. tell us where we can find everything or what else? Oh, yeah. yeah plug away. Is that, everything, yeah? Every, thank you. First off, thank you guys for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being on. Yeah. I uh you can find um you can find out more about my books on my website which is kmalexander.com. Um you can find out more about my wife's artwork at carlisa.com, k a r i l i s e.com. And uh I'm active on Twitter, I'm active on Instagram, I'm social I'm, I'm all over social media all the time. Um if you read my books Feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me an email. I respond to every email I get. Um, I'm really, I really like kind of the interaction that we get now between authors and readers. I think that's really cool. So anything I can do to kind of, you know, facilitate that, I think is always is always important. So yeah, everything is right there in my blog. I, I'm really I'm an active blogger, and I post all sorts of random stuff um, like my playlists and swag packs. Um, I have new Bell Caravan patches, which are really cool. Um, nice. that I just got made as well. So, uh, and yeah, the chair which are also pretty awesome. So yeah, tell your friends, um, buy my books, read them. Yep. Let me know what you think. That's the, yeah. And I, yeah, I would just say opinion. to the, I love it, man. I would say to the Twitter community, if nothing else, follow him, um, at cam Alexander, because he sends out a thing called a Friday link pack and it's just a email, um, or a post that is full of amazing links for writing, for movies, for art, for whatever whatever's out there. Talk about just a ton of valuable resources in one link. Um, his link pack is worth following just for that. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, Thanks. Thanks, All right. buddy. run out and buy both books. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Stars Were Right and Old Broken Road. Paperback or ebook, doesn't matter. It all goes to the same source. Yep. Yeah. The feed. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what what fund are we going to call this one? I mean, that give KM Alexander money. Yeah. Right, that's just what it is. <laughs> yep. Give him money. All right. That's the fund. We'll give call him it money the, fund. The damn the man fund. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Get that money to KM, not to a publishing house. Nice. Take it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been a pleasure. You know, uh, if you have any other projects coming out, you know, uh, let us know. Let Drew know, and we'll we'll bring it we'll bring you back on. That sounds great. Thanks again, guys. Maybe we, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys offline about maybe doing a giveaway for some of your listeners. Okay. That would be awesome. Cool. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll throw awesome. that up on, right. on on social media. So, all right, thanks. Great, thank you. Have yep. a great night. Have a good night. See you, buddy. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right, author K.M. Alexander. Yes. Uh, the stars were right, and Old Broken Road. Never Old Broken Road. Both books are out, available now. So. In retrospect, I feel like I fanboyed a little bit 
but he's no, he's, he's, just a, he's he's a buddy of mine, yeah. and and so we write together, and um, like we kind of we kind of critique and beta each other's stuff, and you're so fine. He's he's solid, man. He's no. he's a very solid writer, and uh, he deserves all the success he gets. Yeah, no, so. it, it, you were just fine. So we're gonna switch things up a little bit because because we do have two authors, because we have you Geek Media coming in. They, they kind of messaged me. They have they're coming in around seven. Okay, and then. So that pushes our interview with Jonathan back a little bit. I've already talked to him. So we're going to do Geek News, or not Geek News, ga- the Gamer Forge now. Oh, look at that, people. Okay. Once we're the Gamer, crazy. I know. Once the Gamer Forge is over, oh, we're going to play okay. a quick song, and, and then, then we'll come back with it. You Geek Media, and then we'll jump over to Jonathan Ryan. I mean, we're, we're just throwing everything out of, out of whack. It's, you know, crazy Halloween time. Crazy. <laughs> so, all right. So just a quick reminder, it's 45, or yeah, go right uh, ahead. 15 minutes to the hour. Um, the phone lines are open if you have any questions for the Gamer Forge or for You Geek Media. You can call us at 626-226-1475. You can also reach us at info at Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Find us on Twitter at at DCR underscore show. Or find us on Facebook. Just look up Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And now for the Amazon drop. Okay. Just All a right. reminder, DCR is part of this balanced breakfast. Oh, man. <laughs> Boom. Like, that's a glass of OJ, a bowl of cereal, and some toast. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. So, bacon. Hey, check it out, man. We've got a really awesome canned Amazon drop for you. Do you enjoy listening to Dungeon Callers Radio? Did you know that one of your loyal listeners can help support the show by doing something as simple as shopping on Amazon.com? There are no extra fees or subscriptions you have to sign up for. Just go to our website at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, clear your cookies out, and then click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. This will help us bring you continued quality shows. Yep. All right. That still kind of sucked. I know. That was my reading more than anything. We'll get it right one of these days. We'll get it right. Um Consistent. And, and I know Joe has one, but Joe, it, Joe's it, great it didn't it. work because normally we play that in the middle of an interview. So we'll work on a couple things. So let's jump into the Gamer Forge right now. we got okay. four Gamer Forges. I think we can nail all four of them down in, in, right. in 15 minutes. Okay, right. let's do it. So first one is sent in by Brent Larson. Okay, Brent. Hello. Does Magic Missile really always hit a creature of choice? The rules state each dart hits a creature of your choice that you can see within range. Does this mean it is a guaranteed hit, or it, does this mean that it is uh, it is an attempt to hit, and the attempt is merely implied in all the spell descriptions? Now, from my knowledge, Magic Missile always hits. It's one of those, yeah, Magic Missile has always been one of those spells that it's like, if you don't take it for, the, for that very reason, mm-hmm. you're kind of... You, you, you. It, it, I almost want to say you missed the point of being a sorcerer <laughs> or a wizard. Yeah. Because it's, it's like it's the one thing yeah. that you don't ever have to. The only thing you roll for is damage. Yeah. Like, there is no. There's no armor that, class. It, there's no targeting. It's. Just, yeah, man. That it's a free hit. Now it's balanced by being a D4 base damage, right? Mm-hmm. And it that scales up, but it never scales up to what. Fireball is going to do. Oh, yeah. But no. with Fireball, you could freaking roast your friends instead of the yeah. enemy, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that's the give and take. But yeah, Magic Missiles is an auto hit. Um, and then you just roll those D4s, yep. man. I, but it, this is kind of a gimme, folks. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, well, not, this is, well, not necessarily a gimme because there are certain things that can, that either, will either mitigate or negate. Well, no. Yeah. Uh, magic but I'm, I'm talking about mi- 
uh, give me as it is an auto hit. Yeah, just yes. as a baseline. Yeah. No. You don't no have other to roll anything else. Now there are there are things that could interfere, like the another. first level spell, mm-hmm. especially in uh, in the new fifth edition. And I love this. <laughs> you use the spell shield. Yep. Negates a magic missile. Yep. The end. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you know, enchant a enchant a brooch with a shield, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about getting blasted by that stupid yeah. magic missile all the time. No, there are some things, but you know, it really is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You cast a spell, it hits what you see. Yep. Yep. If you the can't end. see it, it doesn't hit it. Plain and simple. So, yep. yeah. Um, all right. Was, I almost never play wizards. I usually play sorcerers, but. In the off chance that I play a wizard, then that's that's just I write that down yeah, before I. It's like, oh, here's a player named Drew. Magic missile first spell. I want to get <laughs> magic missile. It just missile. happens, you know. It's like press the digitation. You have to take it, right? Yeah, they're so useful. All right, let's jump to the next one. Rodney Williams writes in: Can Hello, an orc Rodney? use their aggressive trait plus dash plus running? I don't ha- yet have a copy of the Monster Manual for 5th edition, so I apologize if this is explicitly stated in there. The orc has an aggressive trait that allows it to move up to its speed towards a hostile creature that it can see. Can this trait be used with dash, thus allowing an orc to run 30 feet in any direction, dash another 30 feet again in any direction, and then run 30 feet again, but this last uh, burst towards the enemy? Yeah. Maybe. So in other so, so you're saying it can run 90 feet. It can it, run 30 feet one way, mm-hmm. run 30 feet the way it came, and then 30 feet towards the enemy if it wanted to. If it, yeah. Okay. That, that's, but the, 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 the thing to remember, though, is that using the dash action is the use of your action. So you can't attack. Yeah, unless, for some reason, you are able to use the dash action as a bonus action. Yep, okay. Such as, um, I believe, uh, rogues uh, rogues get that at uh, second level, I believe. Yeah. They can use dash. They get their... Um, now I can't remember the name of their skill. But it's like at second level, they can use yeah. the da- they can use dash hide or um, something else. Dash... Ah, now I can't remember. But you, anyways, but you can use the dash as a bonus mm-hmm. action. So, yes. It is entirely possible to do that. So this is possible, but if you don't have a bonus action, a special or, bonus action, then you can't attack. Yeah. So, but that covers a lot of ground. Yeah. That does. I mean, it, so what do you, I mean, what could. do you do? Do you run around just handing out like healing potions? Here you go. Here you go. Here, here you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, die. I mean, honestly, that's a great way to cover. I mean, if you're a hundred feet away, mm-hmm. you know, that is a really good way to cover. Almost all of that distance in one round. Heck oh, yeah. yeah, man. Like parkour off of your uh, teammate's back or something yeah. like that. Dash. <laughs> parkour. Dash. Parkour. Yeah. So, all and right. Uh, Rodney, pull up there, right in front of the there's dragon. your answer. Now, if you're a rogue, even better because then you can attack. Mm-hmm. All or right. Shazam. Um, yep. Or even spellcasters would, uh, mm. could benefit greatly from something like that mm. because uh, um, they can, a <laughs> lot of them can cast. Um, there are some low-level spells that you can cast as a bonus action. Yeah. So there you go. Heck yeah. All right. Man. So I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna skip one because it's a little bit longer. So we're gonna hit this other one first, and then we'll okay. go back. Okay. Just because I mean, we're actually doing well in time. Yeah. Uh, Barry's the man writes in. Barry is the man, or Barry's. 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 As in the like man digs a hole. B a r r y s the man. Okay. Okay. I know. So. Okay, I'm a little confused about armor class in 5th edition, and maybe sure. you guys can help. 
If I'm reading the player's book right, there is no automatic AC scaling, which means as you level up, you get easier to hit. This can't be right, can it? The book reads, AC equals armor plus shield plus dex with a cap from armor. Attacks equal proficiency increases by level plus dexterity or strength. Mm -hmm. If attack bonus is increased by level and armor class doesn't, then wouldn't you be easier to hit at later levels? Please explain. Uh, well, you're reading it right. I'll say yeah. that much. <laughs> yes. Interpretation correct. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, let, uh, let's armor, be real. armor can only do so much until you get into magical or enchanted. Well, equipment, and, and, right? and that's the thing that I think Fifth Edition has got correct now because yep. if you put on a full plate of armor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, that's the most bonus you're going to get. Yeah, you're you know, still going to get hit. Your attack improves because you are getting better mm-hmm. at attacking. Yes. You're getting more proficient at striking and how, you know, how to sneak in those deadly attacks between the, you know, the armor and things like that. So that makes sense why that increases. But your armor doesn't change. It's static. Yeah. yeah. The only way to increase yeah, armor that is, is not a living thing. Yeah. It does not get smarter. Yeah. The only the only way to increase that is by getting magical armor mm-hmm. yep. or things that b- give bonuses but, to the armor you're wearing. But, but even then, you still have a limit. Now let me let me say this though. I mean, yes. I mean that that's all correct, and okay. I'm, not, you know, I'm certainly not going to negate it. But there are. I mean, because armor class doesn't improve your abilities. You gain more abilities to impose disadvantage, mm-hmm. and so yeah. you sort of put you. There's a, a way to sort of mm. keep the odds in your favor. Yeah. I mean that doesn't guarantee that you'll never be hit, and it certainly doesn't guarantee that you will hit. Mm-hmm. You know, it it swings both ways. There's no way to necessarily guarantee it, but if you're taking advantage of all of your abilities, especially using advantage and disadvantage, you know you can keep. Um, you kind of keep things on a, on a slightly less uneven keel. Yeah. You know, because the idea is that you are you are getting better at hitting um, hitting something. Yeah. Because like we just we just said, your your armor isn't a living thing. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't get smarter. It's, it's you am- do. It's amazing how much advantage and disadvantage can explain. Like, Absolutely. So like, why, why can't I do this or why can I do that? Advantage, disadvantage. It's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And mm-hmm. that what you said makes perfect sense, that if you have all these skills that are imposing disadvantage, mm-hmm. that is the mechanic for you getting crafty in your fighting. So you're always getting better with your sword Absolutely. arm. But if you can learn to feint in battle, yeah. you may have an ability, yeah, just use the that, dodge ability that does that, right? Yeah, use your, um, use your action to dodge and just automatically impose disadvantage on yeah, somebody. Yeah, and so uh, dex is obviously important, but you, you're not going to have a dex munchkin anymore that has like a plus eight that gives you a, an AC of 23, you know, or anything like that. Like it's limited. I'm very excited to see what the dungeon master's guide shows for magic items. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that will be your way. If you're just looking at armor, um, that's the only way that you're going to get, you know, into the twenties with an AC. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, 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 and the nice, the nice thing really is, you know, if you wear something like leather armor, mm-hmm. you can have a high dex bonus yeah. that gets you up there. Yep. But if you're wearing a plate of full plate armor, let's face it, there is no way you're going to be doing somersaults and aerial acrobatics. Look, I just scale mail gives you a disadvantage in sneaking now, yeah. which makes sense. But I just love. 
scale mail because it was so broken in yeah. 3.5. <laughs> like, all of my characters wore mithril shirts or scale mail. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, <laughs> I, they damn, really, damn you, they, they have really brought a sense of reality into mm-hmm. armor. Yeah. Yep. You know, magic, we, we're going to see some really cool stuff. I mean, just reading, like, the books that have come out, like Ari Salvatore's books, Ed's books. Yeah. Magic has really come back mm-hmm. into Forgotten Realms, and that's where the fifth edition is based. Yeah. And so we're going to see some really cool magical items. I mean, uh, Do you know what is back in I, terms of I magic items? I don't know exactly yet. I, I know one uh, thing. I know a few things. <laughs> so um, they actually just put out a blog post. D&D just put out a blog post, Wizards did, um, where they hit for their Extra Life charity fundraiser. Oh, they yeah. hit their first goal, cool. and so they revealed portions of the Deck of Many Things Ooh, to the public. that's coming back. So, so the Deck of Many Things is back, and they showed some of the cards. Awesome. In, like, the art, I think they're probably going to do an actual card deck mm-hmm. of Many Things, and mm-hmm. the artwork is beautiful, cool. um, and the bonuses are there. I, I, I literally just want to start a campaign one time where the first thing that happens is you have to draw Wrong. cards from the deck of many things and just go from there. I did that once. Oh, oh man. I had a guy instantly die. He <laughs> <laughs> had to make a new character. Gotta All love right. That. So, I mean, in summation, I mean, if you're looking at it as just that, just the armor class, you're kind of missing the whole point of the entire thing. It's it's meant to be, your armor your armor class is meant to be in the broader scope of Everything combined, all right. you know, your your all of your yeah. abilities, all of the spells, all of that. So you're you're really doing yourself a disservice by looking at just the static number of armor class. All right, well we're out of time. We're gonna play a song, take a break, and then we'll jump in with we'll uh, Geek Media. Okay. However, there is one more Gamer Forge. We might do it on video as part of our What You Missed. Okay. Whoa. Because this is a pretty sweet question that I would like answered. All so. right. We'll hit it then. All right. So we'll, we'll play this song. We'll come back after the break and uh, have some fun. Okay. But hold on. i got to get this queued up because we're going to do something kind of crazy. Um, maybe. Maybe something crazy? It all depends on if my wonderful iPad that's hooked into the soundboard actually decides to work. <laughs> Because it decided to suddenly say, eh, screw you, and freeze. Doesn't um, it always? No, actually, it doesn't. Oh. But <laughs> I've kind of been overloading it with apps. Huh. And I think I have a lot of apps open. So let me close some apps down. Um, <laughs> there have been a lot of really cool things that have come out. Like, like your I Transformers. Ha- I had to download Angry Birds, Angry Birds Transformers. Yeah, huh? Talk yeah, about and, superfluous. Then I have... Sir, sir, Sirenscape running in the background. Oh, you well that no see that no Sirenscape is absolutely justifiable. Oh, uh, and that would explain that. why it didn't work because I already had it Open. opened up in YouTube. Ah. <laughs> I I got the YouTube app. Dang it! Curse, curse my iPad and its inevitable sudden betrayal. <laughs> so now it's deciding to work. Um, no, hold on. Okay, I'm still closing down apps. Okay. Now it's uh, stall time. Keep stalling. Uh, keep stalling for keep time. Stalling. Oh, thank you. Thank you for putting me on the spot. Yes, you are on the spot. <laughs> At least we're not obvious about it. Yeah, no, that's very true. See, that's the thing. We're so honest that... That's true. We're, we're honest to our own detriment. <sighs> so, so just a reminder, once the uh, once DCR is over tonight, you can always listen to any of our shows on blogtalkradio.com. 
can also log on to DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. You can do um, the Audible draft board rating. I could. I totally could. You can also find us on um, on Stitcher, iTunes, Google+, Plus, any of the usual outlets. I guess they want me to do an Audible drop now, so I will totally do it. Do you like getting free stuff? That we totally do. Dungeon Callers Radio has teamed up with Audible to bring you this amazing deal. One great story a month. Easy, affordable. An ideal introduction to Audible. With your 30-day free trial, you can download any of 100,000 audiobooks and more and listen on your Kindle, iPhone, Android device, or Windows phone. Getting started is as easy as, uh, as click, clicking on the Audible link on your website, DungeonCallersRadio.com. If you remain a member after the 30-day trial, your membership includes but it's not limited to one monthly credit good towards an audiobook of your choice, plus a one-time bonus credit. No questions asked returns. Total flexibility, upgrading, pause, or cancel easily. 24-7 service. Remember that after your 30-day trial, your membership will automatically renew each month for just $14.95. You can keep your free audiobook even if you cancel your membership. Alrighty, I am ready. Let's do it. We're going to play this song. Yes, it's Halloween. Yes, this is what you think it is, but then it's not. We'll just leave it at that. I'll be back.
We are on. Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where you just listened to, yes, that's right, a mashup of Ghostbusters and Gagum Style. Is, is yours on? Hold on. Hold on. Gain me. Gain me. You're just in the wrong port. Oh. There I, you go. I can't hear me. I, I can hear you. You can hear me? Yeah. Oh, that's good enough. So, uh, I'm making some adjustments. So we 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 got the guys from UGeek Media. Changing docking ports shouldn't be that easy. <laughs> have to, I know. <laughs> it should have some sound effects. Sound effects. Gotta have some I, really, sound effects. I really feel like. Um, okay. Hey, hey, we can do some sound effects. Here we go. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> awesome. How? Da, da, da. I closed down all my apps. See what happens. See, well, that's okay because they were just there getting we in the way anyway. So, check this out, man. This is awesome. There we go. Sound effects. I don't know what that was. There we go. What is that? Spooky jungle. It's a zombie monkey. Dude, I totally made one last night in my game at Jordan Sanderson's house. Man. I was in this, we're in China, and this guy did this weird punch so I couldn't move my leg. And this old Chinese medicine guy is like, it cost you $500 to fix your leg. And I'm like... He's like, that poison's got to come out. You're going to die. And I'm like, I wasn't poisoned. I was like finger punched by this old ninja guy. And he's like, oh, in that case, it's $1,000. And this is like 1940s. So $1,000 is like, I'm like, I don't got $1,000, but I'll make you an undead monkey. He's like, sold. <laughs> Improvising. Yeah. That's right. Is your mic on? About $1,000. Switch on top. Sorry. I didn't hear you say that. Okay. Now say it. All right. What did I say? Oh, now we know the market for undead monkeys. Yes, yes. I can hear you. you. Yes. yes, we do. Everyone just laughed at that. It was awesome. And then I just had to have the undead monkey following <laughs> me and causing problems. It was awesome. So, all right. What's up, man? Intro time. Yes. So, uh, you geek media, you guys produce uh, Utah Geek Magazine, and you have one right here. One right here. We just... Uh, That's awesome. We have, like... Ten thousand. Well, I know, but <laughs> we have a whole this stack issue. Here, this issue, yes. So uh, this is the September October issue, yes, and is. this is your very first issue. Very first issue. So uh, and it's it's you have it everywhere. Everywhere that we could get to, yeah. Awesome. It's in a lot, heck of a lot of places. Yeah. If you're ha- anybody's having a hard time finding it, uh, public libraries have them. Game stores. Yeah, most so. of the game stores in uh, Davis County and Salt Lake County have them. Nice. Awesome. Uh, all, all the libraries in Salt Lake County have them. Cool. Some random other places. Yeah, yeah FantasyCon Fantasy. right there, page two. That's awesome. We were just talking about them earlier today. We like FantasyCon. So do we. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything in here. I mean, that's, what, that's what our goal is. Our goal is to have a general covering of, of geekdom in, in Utah. So we thought, uh, you know, it's it's a heavy cosplay issue. Um, but, you know, we, we try and hit a lot of different things. That cover's got to get some people to grab. Yeah, <laughs> cosplay magazine. for beginners on, on page six. We've had a couple of retractors uh, that didn't appreciate our cover for this issue. But, you know, I'm sorry. If your kids are at Comic-Con, they're seeing a whole lot worse than we put on our cover. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Des is on there. Uh, you know, she's going to be on the show next week with uh, Amber. And some of these are professional cosplayers, right? Yeah. Like the, this is something that they do. And I saw... All of these girls at the last convention, um, and they they just do a great job with their costuming. So they, they really do. Serious. We have uh, I, I think three of them that are on the cover are actual professional photog- or cosplayers. 
Um, the uh, the one in the the Lara Croft outfit. She's I've actually seen her in several things. Since, yep. Yeah, it's yeah, Joni. Yeah, we've interviewed her. Yep. Yeah, she's awesome. And you yeah. got it. You got a looks like chapter one of a story from David J. West. Yeah, oh, yeah. David, man, that's awesome. And chapter two is in the next issue. Okay. I finished reading it uh, late last night, and it's as good as the first chapter. It's, uh, he already has fans begging to know nice. when our next issue's out. Yeah, the nice. Conduit Game Day in November. In here, unfortunately, that's been canceled. That has been canceled. Sorry, been, yeah. Baja Comic Con. Do you have to go back and recollect 10,000 issues and like <laughs> no. Sharpie over it or oh, something no. like There's that? There's a nice little ad here for Epic Puzzles and Games. Hey. The, yeah, ma- like Epic the many faces of Eric Allen Hall. That's awesome. Yeah. Eric is amazing. He is. is. He's a good friend of mine. I used to yeah. work with Eric, and that's how I got to know him to begin with. And uh, just he's such a kind-hearted guy, and uh, he's the kind of guy who just gives the shirt off his back. <laughs> Even if it was a cosplay shirt, I think. And, uh, <laughs> you got SaltCon in here. You guys got your own thing. You got some Zombie Nation stuff from Carter Reed. Yeah, Carter Reed's uh, a longtime partner of ours, so he's he's allowed us to to print some of his comics. Cool. So we appreciate that. Anime Bonsai. Yeah. You got everything in here except for one thing. Uh oh. Where's our logo? Oh. That'll <laughs> be the next issue. There you go. Uh, yeah. There we we, go. we gotta get your guy. You guys. I know. I can, just, I can just give it to you guys. Crap. No, but no, no that would be only, awesome. It's only, uh, twenty page or fourteen. No, 20 I, this is actually a really, a really good. Uh, you know, especially for the first one out. We've and gotten a lot of really positive feedback. Um, it's only sixteen pages, uh, color cover. Uh, the guts are black and white. But you know, for what we're doing and and how far we've already come so far. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback, and it just keeps coming in. So thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. And for you comic book collector fans out there, if you go get this actual uh, issue of You Geek magazine, you will have a one-one, right? Volume yeah, right. one, issue one. Get this bad boy on some cardboard and in a plastic <laughs> sleeve. <Yeah. laughs> And then and, and, sure. get, and get those cosplayers and on then, the cover. Then to get find it vacuum sealed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I mean this is really great. One thing you see when you kind of see these kind of paper type magazines is you see a bunch of crap filled ads. I mean, there's yep. some other <laughs> magazines out yeah. there. Let's 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 put it there. And you know, this is you know friendly enough. I mean, maybe some people are complaining about the cover, but this is friendly enough that you know your kids can pick it up and there's exactly. nothing to worry about. And that was our goal. That was yeah. our biggest goal. Is we wanted this to be a kid-friendly, or at least a teenager-friendly uh, magazine. So, you know, a, a 15, 16-year-old could pick it up, and a parent doesn't have to really worry about what their kids are reading. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that was our biggest goal. And I think we're going to stay with that. I mean, we, we could always go and find, you know, what are they called, skintamen ads or whatever they call them. Oh, yeah. Where they're, they're half-naked people. I'm not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to stoop to that level. And regardless of Let's the face money, it, those are easy. Those are easy or uh, how it's, should we put it? It's low-hanging low hanging fruit. fruit. Oh, yeah. sure. You know, oh, anyone can get that. Um, yes. Uh, but, and that's a lot, saying a lot of you guys saying, hey, we're not going to, we're going to draw the line there. You know, even though I'm sure putting out this is, is tough because money-wise, let's face it, there's probably more money going out right now than coming back in. To be honest, there is. That yeah. is true. Yeah. And, and that's how it is in the beginning, and a lot of people can easily get, you know, distracted by that low hanging fruit, just like, ooh, wow. You yeah. know, if we if we take that, that, and that, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have money in our pocket after everything's spent, and um, it, that's a tough one. You yeah, know, I I've, I've been there myself, uh, you know, running a local uh, internet radio station. Those were coming at us like crazy. It's like, yeah, you know, but 
here we are, a local community radio station mm-hmm. plugging that we're family friendly, and you can't take those. Yeah, we definitely yeah. don't want to uh, to eliminate anybody. We're trying to build a community. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we're trying to be part of the geek community. Um, th- th- this is going to be. Uh, we got 3,500 copies of this magazine, Anime Bonsai. They're going to be uh, uh, packing their swag bags with it. Nice. So we we definitely want to be a part of the community, build a community, and uh, not you know put something in here that's going to offend half that community. See. So, so are, are you signaling for Joe to throw yeah. out the phone number? <laughs> Give it a drop. Except for I can't hear Joe because he probably doesn't have his mic turned on. Oh, because I still left it off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we are online with uh, Yu Geek uh, Magazine if you want to call in and ask them about uh, anything that they have going on in the magazine or coming up in future issues. You can call us at 626-226. And so help me, 1475. I really want someone to call because I think they have something... <laughs> The first person that calls will just they, yeah. they have something to give you. Someone call in yeah. so we can give you. Don't something. make me turn this internet around. I mean, yeah. seriously. We're we gonna go call number one. Free stuff. I'm gonna say that right now just because you know we we don't want to push our luck here. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking like caller fourteen. Or oh, look at that. I, I like <laughs> that. I would that, love that. That might just be the same guy calling fourteen times. I would like to have caller fourteen. Don't call in fourteen times. Do I really have to hit redial or can you just give me the prize? We actually have a three pack of. Uh, DVDs from Aerostorm Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Dude. Uh, three pack. Hey, uh, excuse me, guys, for a second. We've got Survivor starring Kevin Sorbo. That is a great movie. Orc Wars and Shadow Cabal. Nice. Three pack. Okay, I haven't seen away. Orc Wars. I've seen the other two. Totally worth it. I mean, they they put together a nice, good presentation. I'm excited for Mythica. Because that looks like it, they've even taken a step up from their past it, movies. It, that does look fantastic. Uh, and they have a, a new one supposed to be out this Christmas called, I think, The Christmas Dragon yeah. is what it's called. Yeah. That looks fantastic as well. Made, they I'm, made their funding on Kickstarter a couple weeks ago, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, well, let's continue while we wait for mm-hmm. a caller. We're going to wait for a so caller. I'm, I'm kind of curious then. So, I mean, we decided to go cosplay heavy. Because, I mean, it, it is sort of, I mean, uh, coming off of the, uh, the two big conventions that we had right. earlier this year. Um, just here in Utah. So, I mean, what I mean, what sort of things do we have coming around for the next issue? Can you give us maybe a little hint on that one? Yeah, the, the next. You want to? It's really top secret. No. <laughs> top secret. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's uh, we're gonna go from cosplay to uh, gaming. Okay. Um, nice. We're gonna uh, ac- actually we have a, um, a writer here at the table. Yes. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Who is that? D Max. Must have been Joe. Yes. <laughs> Fifth edition. Yay. Is that what they're calling it? Fifth edition? It's fifth edition. Is the fifth edition officially? Yeah, it's yeah. officially fifth edition, yeah. on, on the books, it just says Dungeons & Dragons. I don't think yeah. it actually says fifth edition. Yeah. yeah. How, how do I? How do you differentiate something new from something that was 40 years ago? Yeah, I mean, have... they pretty <laughs> much called it D&D Next during the beta testing the beta. phase. Yeah. As soon yeah. as it released it, they're, they've they labeled it fifth edition. Yeah. 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 Don't get confused and walk in and go, Dungeons & Dragons, it only has three classes? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> Dwarf is yeah. a class? <laughs> So we're gonna go. We're gonna, we're going uh, game heavy then. Yeah. So, I mean, what sort of? Um, I guess how are you cultivating then the gamer culture to incorporate that into what you've already built on with your first issue? That's a really good question. What are we, what are we doing to cultivate the community? Well, I, th- I think most of the articles that we have for this next issue are uh, geared towards. Um, we, we've got one article. I hope. Should we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, we, I, I think we can. We've we, we got one article. Uh, I'm calling it uh, the seven habits of a highly effective GM. 
Mm-hmm. Like, nice. But that's 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 what I want yeah, to call that, it. That, but, that's uh, a working title. We have to actually get the article from the author before he, you know, settle on one. But uh, who, who's writing it? Uh, a friend of mine, my GM, Don Brown. Nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's a he's a lot of people. He, he was actually uh, really popular back in uh, the 3.5 days. He was a uh, uh, local uh, organizer for the uh, Living Greyhawk. Okay. So, oh, cool. And that article is basically gonna gonna be exactly what it what I called it. It's going to uh, give bullet points on how to be a really effective GM and, uh, you know, what a GM should be doing or, or focusing on to make a really great uh, adventure for the players. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the article of D&D 5th edition um, from, our, uh, from our author here at the table. And uh, Chapter 2 from, uh, from the serial novel from, from mm-hmm. David West. Nice. Um, and a couple other things that uh, we need to flesh out before we... Sure. Okay. Sure. Understand. We, we haven't laid out the entire magazine yet. With, with, so. with Christmas coming, I really want to have an article in there about Santa being a time lord. <laughs> nice. It totally fits. It would explain a lot. But, yeah. But that's we're going to work on that. Okay. I don't have any writers to write that one for us yet. Uh, so, do we have any idea of how many chapters uh, David J. West is going to be giving you all, or is that just kind of issue told, by issue? We we've given him a um, a word number to to stick with per issue. Uh, that we can get those cliffhanger hooks for everybody nice. that they're going to like. Um, really, at this point, I've told him he can keep writing until he wants to be done with it. So Very I cool. have no idea how long it's going to go. Very cool. Okay. It's pretty. So what was the kind of sell point then? What, I mean, what were you tr- what were you telling uh, uh, David West about that um, to say, hey, will you write a story? Was it, was it that easy? Actually, it was even easier. He came to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, actually, uh, the... As we discussed the, the the last time we were on on your show, um, we first tried starting this magazine about two two years ago, three, three, three years, years ago, ago. Mm-hmm. and we had a big meeting at a library, and actually about fifty people attended because they, they were really hooked on the idea. And he was there, and he came up afterwards and said, "I'd like to write a story for your for your magazine, one chapter every issue." Mm-hmm. We're like, "Oh darn, okay, twist my arm harder, please." <laughs> so, so that's that's how that actually happened. Okay, and we're so actually I, getting I a phone call. Yeah. We need a caller. Uh, um, not ex- not that might that might be uh Jonathan though. Oh, okay. Um so uh, so what other types of themes for issues are you looking for? Are you gonna do one that maybe focuses on fiction or fan fiction or just fantasy literature or are you gonna go maybe to board games or, or what types of things are you exploring? Every issue is gonna hopefully have a really good mix of, of a number of different things. Cool. Uh we're hoping for. You know, it's really up in the air because uh, the the bigger the magazine gets, the more general it's gonna get. I think right now as as we're small it'll be it'll feel more specific. Sure. Because sure. we're gonna have you, you know, we said, hey let's let's do an article on uh D D fifth edition. So then we started talking, like, well, how about an article on being a good uh, GM, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So it just kind of snowballed into to being kind of a gaming-centric, a, cool. a role-playing game-centric. Uh, I mean, even our cover is a throwback to the old days of playing D&D with miniatures. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, you know, you know, the tedious hand-painted ones and all sure. that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to look fantastic. Awesome, yeah, the, the cover did uh, turn out really well. We uh, took that photo at... Uh, Game night, game night, games, game night yeah. games with a friend of ours who Fair who, paints. Putnam, who who paints. Very nice. He's uh, been in the the fan community for a long time. Really nice guy. Very cool. 
All right, well. And I I suppose that that could answer your question of uh, what are we doing to foster the community. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get the community involved in writing the magazine. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the contributors, a lot of the people that have have, uh, picked up the magazine. Wait, let me go back. Some of the, we, we've gotten emails from some uh, some people who want to contribute who have picked up the magazine. Mm-hmm. So they're geeks who looked at the magazine and said, hey, this magazine looks cool. They saw the little thing in there that says, if you want to be a contributor, send us an email. Uh, so we've gotten uh, about a half a dozen people that have um, that have uh, asked to, to help contribute. Okay. I'm going to send so, you an email tonight. All right. Heck yeah. Definitely. So we're, 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 getting, we're getting the geeks in the community to help contribute to a magazine that other geeks in the community will hopefully want to read. Okay. Which is so. exactly where it should be. I mean, if, if uh, it's going to be a community, it's got to be done by the community. Okay. Um, or sure. we're just going to end up paying people to write stuff and just punch it out. I mean, it's, you can get that anywhere. Yeah. So. That's a good point, actually. Well, that, that's great, especially like, I mean, just taking David West again, just his willingness to write this for you and just contribute to be part of that community. And yeah, obviously it's good for him because people are reading his work, but the fact that he approached you with the interest and said, look, this, this is going to be an awesome magazine. Uh, I just want to help you guys with it. I mean, that's, that speaks volumes right there. That's awesome. Thanks. All right. So do we have the, uh, well, that's next. we got the Jonathan calling in. Okay. Our next interview. We're just like squishing oh. everything together. Everything. It's been crazy. <laughs> We've got two interviews tonight, and you guys. Ugh. Okay, busy so, show. Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, well, so, if we get a car, we'll figure out something for the giveaway. That's all right. No problem. Okay. So, hopefully, hopefully, we can get someone to, to call in here. Um, but you guys are welcome to stay. We're, we're talking with Jonathan. You guys can throw in your questions or throw in your two bits. Okay. Um, however... Solicit him for writing. Yeah, please. I'm sure he would. He'd love to. He's part of a Writers Cube um, that does the teen author boot camp. So, oh, very cool. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, maybe he will. Maybe we uh, can get an article about the teen author boot camp. Yeah, hey, look at hey. that. Perfect. Um, Genius. Yeah, uh, but if we can get someone to call in, and someone, someone throw it up on Facebook and Twitter and that, um, and we'll definitely give away a prize. Well, before we uh, move on yeah. to your, to guy, you know, yeah, go ahead. Your interview. Um, this weekend, or a couple things we're doing. This weekend, we're going to be up at um, Tree City Comic Con. Okay. In Boise. Nice. And then uh, Saturday afternoon and Sunday, we're going to be up Anime Bonsai up in Layton. Nice. Nice. Um, they can so find you live. They can find you at ugeekmedia.com, is that right? Or do you have a specific email for... Uh, ugeekmedia.com is fine. Yeah. Uh, utahgeekmagazine.com is okay, fine. Okay, perfect. They all and, go to the same place. Yeah, nice. and uh, on Facebook, we're ugeekmedia, the letter U, Geek Media, and uh, Twitter as well, ugeekmedia. Okay, so just to let everyone know, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. Uh, the guys are going to be on on the third Thursday of every month, which means, yes, you'll hear more about this magazine and everything else. Who knows? Maybe next week they'll bring a dragon for you to take home. A dragon, like a dragon. real one, or a dragon egg, and then you got to cook it in a fire. Exactly. And then jump in. I, I didn't say off. what stage of okay. life the dragon would be in. It, it could be extinct, and it could just it could be, be fossilized. It could be like a marshmallow dragon. Exactly. Can you cook a dragon in a stove? If it's small like enough, yeah. 450. Yeah. What, what temperatures would that? Be? Yeah. Uh, well, like if it's a, royal, if you get a pizza about, stone, about 1,200 right. degrees for It just depends on what color hours. it is. You know, oh. if it's red, you're screwed. Yeah. But, you know, if it's <laughs> white, blue. you can probably, you know, yeah. It just depends on which color. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll study we'll, in the name of science. 
I'm gonna we'll snag this call again. Okay. You guys are welcome. We'll throw some more stuff out, and if anyone calls in, let's throw it out on Twitter and Facebook. Right and uh, if I can remember how to spell, yes. All right. Maybe, so. maybe the problem is it's DVD and not Blu-ray. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't. I, I still don't have a, D, a Blu-ray player, so I'm totally cool. Wait, those are backwards compatible, aren't they? Yes. DVDs work. All right. This is Dungeon College Radio. Is this Jonathan? This is. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, Jonathan. I'm doing. I'm doing fine. Just to uh, correct you, though, I'm not actually a member of Team oh, Author of Writers Cube. No, I'm sort of an adopted son, more than anything. But uh, oh, adopted. But 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 yeah yeah I'm sort of like you know uh, an associate you know. <laughs> okay. But no, well, the girls I... the girls who started the girls who started that are all uh, you know okay. one writers group. But um, I, but I they, they let they let me hang out with them. Yeah, no, it's yeah. no, it's totally fine. It's uh, but uh, they deserve the credit, so I want to make sure they they get the credit they deserve because they uh, yeah, no, they I, planned all yeah yeah. I just met you there, so I thought you were part of that, so I apologize. But um, you know, oh no, no. Well, I've I've definitely spoken there. I'm speaking again, speaking yes. again in April. So uh, and I'm honored to be associated with them. So yeah. So, so they're totally. doing it in April. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, okay. This coming April. Uh, I forgot what the dates are. Uh, but Brandon Sanderson is going to be the the headliner um, for yeah. that, and so um, well, and they're then, expecting another record crowd, from what I understand. That's even better news for me because my daughter really is excited to be a part of it. But you know, summer she goes with her mom, so we're worried about missing that. But if uh, she's still, if it's going to be April, then hey, no problem. So that's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, it's, it's April. They they try to do it during school, um, nice. you know, because. You know, summertime's obviously problematic. That's you. One reason you just yeah. pointed out, and um, you know, I, I think they they really want school to be in session so the kids can come and kind of get in that groove. Because you know, summertime hits, everybody's gone here, there, cool. and everywhere. So, um, so yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great conference for teams, and um, I'm excited to come back. Quite honestly. Nice. So, all right, let's jump into this. Three Gates of the Dead. I know we kind of, yeah. you and I kind of went over it real quickly at Comic-Con in a very short, brief interview. I mean, we were under four minutes. But uh, it's good. You know, let's, yeah, it's good. Let's, let's really open a, you know, let's open the gate, huh, pun there, um, and, and dive into this. <laughs> I see because what you did. I did. You know, yeah, you see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I remember talking with you, you know, there's some theology going on. We have a murder mystery and, you know, you have some paranormal investigation, but you have, like, old relics. I mean, stuff we'd kind of see in, like, some really good Indiana Jones movies, kind of like The Ark of the Covenant or, uh, you know. I know we yeah. uh, brought up The Spirit of Destiny. You're like, no, that's not in here. But, you know, <laughs> stuff like that we're going to see in yeah. the book. Yeah, well, it's it's Three Gates of the Dead. Um, the basic storyline follows uh, Aiden Schaefer. Um, he's a assistant minister who's going through a crisis of faith. And um, um, his ex fiance gets murdered uh, ritualistically, and she starts to haunt him to figure out uh, figure out her murder. And along the way, he he meets this mysterious priest who uh, may or may not be guarding uh, a relic that people all know. Um, what's interesting about that relic, and I'm not going to give away too much, is that in book two, there's a lot more going on. Um, uh, the book book two of the series, Dark Bride, is coming out in April from Open Road uh, Media. And um, 
book two will definitely take it to another level to where people have never seen before. I can guarantee that. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Because, you know, in the first book, it's sort of introduction to Aiden. It's sort of getting into his world. Uh, Father Neil, who's the mysterious priest, you start getting into his world a little bit. But it's really a murder mystery and figuring out uh, Amanda, his ex fiance's death and what happened with her. And uh, as he does, he, he uh, starts entering into this larger world that he never knew existed. In book two, he, uh, that world comes crashing down around him. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, so, you know, so it's this interesting mix of, um, of a bunch of different, uh, genres, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't, people ask me to define it and I guess it's partially horror, partially mystery, partially paranormal, but I, I the best way is to go back to, you know, uh, early 20th century weird fiction writers. Um, Charles Williams especially is the uh, huge influence on me. Now, I'm going to, all right, I'll, I'll give you guys, I'll send you guys all a cookie if you can tell me who Charles Williams is. A cookie? Yeah. Send you a, I will <laughs> pack you up and send you a cookie if you can tell me who Charles Williams is. And and there's a reason I'm asking this question, and, and I'll tell you in a second. But I, I want to see if anybody gets it, see if you guys know. And don't feel uh, bad. Uh, because he's yeah. a British poet, novelist, playwright, and uh, theologian. Uh, someone, someone Wikipedia did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Charles. The joys of internet. The, oh yeah, well Charles was one of the Inklings uh, with C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, and in fact, he's he was sort of the driving force, kind of the heart of the group, and he died uh, in the early '40s, and sort of. Uh, sort of became a, you know, the group is never quite the same after that. And so he he wrote a series of novels that are best described as supernatural thrillers. And what's interesting about Charles is back back in his time, he was considered one of the greatest writers out there. Uh, wow. T.S. Eliot did a, a forward for one of his books. Uh, time Magazine, the New York Times. I mean, everybody loved this guy. And he just kind of, fell into obscurity as Tolkien and Lewis kind of... Um, well, I, I'm like just looking here. He, it, his best-known novels are War in Hell, Descent in... or War in Heaven, Descent into Hell, and All Hallows' Eve. So. Yeah, excellent. And and Open Road, my publisher, just acquired the e-book rights uh, to his wow. work. And so, um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was in Columbus with my editor, Betsy Mitchell, who's... Um, she is... Uh, an extremely well-known, legendary sci-fi fantasy editor. She's done people like Terry Pratchett and Octavia Butler and people like that. And so we're sitting there at dinner, and she's like, she goes, hey, you know who Charles Williams is? And I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, yes, he's, like, my favorite writer in the entire world. And I'm going on. And she goes, oh, okay, why don't you write a forward for, for the new e-book edition? I'm like, she goes, I have to check with the Charles Williams estate and make sure it's okay. And I'm like, you know, and I'm geeking out completely because Charles is my guy, right? So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I agree completely. Like, oh yes, I'm going to do this. But yeah, no problem, no problem. And then, you know, I get in my car to drive back to South Bend, which is where I live, and I start thinking, the last person to do an introduction and forward for Charles Williams was T. S. Eliot. What the hell was wow. I thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, holy shit! <laughs> like, what am yeah. I, what am I doing? You know what I mean? So. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of paid for my moment of glee and, and nerddom at that point. So I, I'm, I'm in the midst of writing it now and hopefully it'll be not embarrassing, but, um, I mean, 
Those are some you know, it's, it's tough fun to, shoes it's to fun fill. to be able to write for him. I'm sorry, what? I was going to say, those are some tough shoes to fill to follow T.S. Eliot, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's, that that was a little... Uh, it was a little unnerving for me when I, when I remembered that. Because, you know, like I said, I was geeking out and excited, mm-hmm. and then I, I just forgot that fact. <laughs> you know, well, so, I mean... Um, you know, I, it's, it's funny because... Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I would just... I mean, that's a pretty cool... A big honor. I mean, that that's amazing that they've offered this to you. And I would just say, you know, kind of advice, just, you know, y- you know his stuff. Just, you know, don't fanboy it. Just relax, speak the truth, and you'll be good. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, it's as simple I, as that. I think my approach, yeah, I think my approach is I'm going to take it from a popular standpoint because Charles is not well, well, really well known on a popular level. And I think Open Road really wants to get him more, you know, out there on that level. And he deserves to be. He's, he is by far probably one of the greatest early weird fiction writers. He deserves to be mentioned with people like Lovecraft and um, Arthur Mackin and some of those early guys from the early 20th century who wrote, you know, and even Ray Bradbury. And, uh, and Williams is just that good. So um, I promise you, uh, you'll never read anybody like him. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You will never you will be blown away by how amazing and bizarre and weird his stuff is, for sure. I, I have to go read this now. I have to go yeah, find a book. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the sensation that you've got, you've got like the vapors as you're talking about them. About uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm reading, rereading War in Heaven now because that's the one I'm writing the intro for. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm realizing as I'm reading this book how much it actually influenced the Three Gate series because War in Heaven is about uh, the battle of the ho- over the Holy Grail. Um, which definitely appears and has an influence in my book, although it's not the the sole focus. Um, so you know, I'm so, realizing how much he, he actually influenced my writing tremendously. All right, I already know which one I'm going to. Hey, I'm, I'm a geek, guys. I'm, I'm just as much of a geek <laughs> yeah. as you guys are. So you know, I, I geek out about this stuff. It's fun. All right, War Over the Holy Grail. I'm sold. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the library War. tomorrow and go find this. War in if heaven. I can't find it, I'm going to go buy it. War in Heaven. Yeah. yeah. War in Heaven. Uh, it, you'll have, I mean, you'll find a hard to buy. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's on Amazon. It's not an ebook yet um, because Open Road is busy uh, and Betsy's yeah. are busy editing all this. So, um, so you know, it's it's um, it's an extreme honor. And, I, you know, having that and then with Three Gates being out, Open Road is uh, a pretty major publisher out of New York. They basically bought out my book from another publisher. Um, mm-hmm. So three gates. Three gates has actually been out almost a year now. Um, which, by the way, you can get on Amazon if you have uh, an e-reader. Everybody can get it, whether it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Nook, whatever, for two dollars for the month of October because it's Halloween. So they're they're running a special, so everyone should go and get it. Um, but three gates has been out a year and um, it's sold remarkably well, um, uh, considering. Uh, things, you know, it was un, I'm an unknown author, unknown book, and it's just had this steady progression upward, which, you know, everyone talks about uh, books like coming out of nowhere and being a huge success, but that every author will tell you that never happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's been this long progressive ascent to get to, to where they are. And I mean, we didn't know, most of us didn't know who J.K. Rowling was, so about the third or fourth book. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's, you know, if you asked her, she'd be like, yeah, there were like six years where, you know, I'm scraping by and 
and working other jobs and doing all this other stuff. So, you know, and publishing success is never instant, never instant. Yeah. Even though it might it might seem like that to to the general public. So, um, and Three Gates has steadily become better. Um, you know, and we're with Dark Bride, we're releasing it at C two E two in Chicago, hopefully. So, um, that's that's kind of exciting. Oh yeah. So I mean, then can can you give us maybe a little insight? Then what was it like on your end of things to I guess to when you're experiencing that progression when you when you're starting to at you're you're being asked to you know, appear at conventions or or writer symposiums or anything of that sort? What was that like for you? You know, it's funny um, as Teen Author Bootcamp was kind of my first big one. Um, mm-hmm. and, and getting invited to come out there and, and speak there and, uh, you know, sharing the stage with uh, James Dasher and Ali Condi is not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> so that was my first taste of that, and it was yeah. it was great. Uh, it was a great experience. But, but really, in that situation, it was the kids who made it fantastic. Um, I've never seen a group of kids, like, pay attention to every word you say. <laughs> and, I, and I taught high school... Uh, uh, a year and and these kids were just dialed in like I, no one checked their cell phones no one checked their iPads they were taking notes which was a little frightening um, <laughs> so you know that was my first big one and then you know Salt Lake City uh, Comic Con is the next one and um, that was kind of my big special thing to, to start off with um, and I loved it I mean we were I was on five panels there and I mean it was such a great I mean I don't know if all of you guys were there um but it was it was amazing. I loved it. It was such an uh, and actually that was my first Comic Con. I'm ashamed to admit. Um, oh. So it was like a great great all around experience. And I, the people there were great. The staff were great. Um, and the experience and the people and people actually showed up. Like our my last panel was on Saturday night at seven o'clock. And it was on demonology. <laughs> and because mm-hmm. um, uh, I used to be a I used to be a Presbyterian minister as well. And now I'm, I've uh, was just received in the Catholic Church in February, but um, okay. So I, I guess that's one of the reasons they put me on that panel. I don't know, um, but I thought we're going to get like five people there, and we had like over four hundred people in that room um, who sat there for the entire thing and asked really good questions, and no one wanted to end when our when our time was over. And again, this is seven o'clock on Saturday, and the con is pretty much over for all intents and purposes. So. Um, that, that's been a it's it's been a fun experience. I honestly getting getting asked to write a foreword for Charles Books uh has other than getting a book published, by the way, um has has been one of the, the really great honors to do because it's just been you know, I'm sitting here writing this thing for one of my, my heroes, really. Um Yeah. And not too many people and not too many people get to do that. And that's that's just a it's cool. Um it's more like a look at me, Ma. Look what I'm doing, you know. More than a more than a bra- more than a bragging thing. It's like, hey, this is look what I'm doing, Ma. You know. Um, but nice. I, I think it's things like that, and then you know, doing C2E2 hopefully, um, and then we're looking at Printers Row in Chicago, which because you know I'm basically an hour outside of Chicago, um, so a lot of those events, um, and and uh, finally getting to join the Horror Writers Association um, two months ago. Um, that was that was a big deal as well. So it's just like all these cool things that affirm, you know, to be a writer, you have to be kind of confident in your own writing. 
to begin with. But but to have that kind of outside inform- affirmation of people saying, you know, you're good enough to speak, you're good enough to to write about these things and talk about these things is uh, after seven years of hard work. Um, I, I'll be honest, guys, I, I enjoy every minute of that. You still love it. Yeah, I, I have still to, do. I have to say really. something. Just, I now need to talk to you off off air about demonology. That's awesome. I, yeah, area, I really, I love that type of stuff, but I don't have a lot of friends that I can talk to about that stuff. I mean, that's pretty cool. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and like, you know, you have all this passion for this stuff and it's, it, you know, it shows in, in, in the book, it shows in just the way you're talking about that. I mean, um, which, you know, a lot of writers, you know, they they do, you know, they you know, they push their novels and stuff like that, but you kind of tell over time that 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 passion they have kind of slowly dwindles in in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just because of the process and getting beat up because you know, yeah, they put out this sure, book yeah. and then and then the the publisher goes, "Well, we need that out and we need that out, we need that out." And I'm sure that that does beat you down. But, you know, you just have this thriving passion uh, about this and that's uh, that's awesome um and just the the premise of three gates of the dead just is creepy i mean just the fact that the dude is literally haunted by his ex-girlfriend let's face it mm-hmm. no one yeah. you know most people wish right. that, you know that their ex-girlfriend goes away um i i can mention someone right now i wish would go away but i'm not going to say it uh, <laughs> i'll just leave it there but I cannot imagine how life would be with your ex-girlfriend haunting you. I mean, how miserable is is that? I mean, for this well, character. And, and that, I mean, does he find it miserable, or is it more like the love of his life is lost? And well, it was it was you know he he he, he meets the you know he meets the, the lady cop who's investigating his fiance, his ex fiance's murder. So he's not entirely bereft by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, no, he, it's complicated for him uh, for Aiden because you know. She left him basically without any ceremony, and it was just she was gone, and now she's literally gone. And and so he has to deal with the complicating factors of that. He has to deal with the complicating factors of losing his faith while he's in a job that requires him to believe, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so he has all these tensions. Now, you know, then he meets the lady, the lady cop investigating the murder, and he's starting to fall for her a little bit. So that's complicated. And so, you know, I think. I think a lot of with Aiden's character, I wanted to push back at the idea that male characters can't be complex emotional characters. Um, because I think sometimes, you know, male characters get stereotyped as, as sort of one note people. Um, and, and guys in general get stereotyped as like, you know, guys never feel emotion or, you know, they never express emotion. No, we do. It's just in entirely different ways than, than maybe yeah. women do. And I think, um, I think, Aiden, you know, a lot of some of the complaints I got with Aiden is that he was too whiny. And I'm like, well, sometimes guys are whiny. They're just whiny to other guys. They're not, you know, necessarily whiny to the general public. And so, yeah. you know, I think I think um, I think I wanted Aiden to be that complex emotions and figuring out how he's dealing with that. And and honestly, book two gets so much worse. <laughs> like <laughs> because and, and it's and it's not because situations are happening to him. It's mm-hmm. happening to people that he loves and. um you know, I think to me, book two is way more terrifying than book one um, uh, for lots of reasons. And uh, when people read it, they'll they'll understand. But it, that book still frightens me. 
um, mm-hmm. e- even as I was finishing up the edits for it um, a couple weeks ago, I was just like, this book just scares the shit out of me. And, uh, um, you know, and the people who have read it, my beta readers, um, were just like, <laughs> this book is great, but ew. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I get that kind of reaction, I know I've, I've succeeded as a writer, but I, I think Aiden... Aiden goes through a complicated uh, journey in book two, and then as I start, I'm starting to plan book three and, and getting ready to write that starting in January. Um, book three is even even more of uh, a dark journey for him, so nice. he, he doesn't have a he doesn't have an easy life. All right, I, I got a question. Is this one of those books that you're going to read, you're going to really absorbed into, and then you're going to be afraid to turn on the lights when you go to bed, or t- turn off the lights when you go to bed? <laughs> It's book one certainly is that, uh, or at least Good. people tell me. I'm the writer. I know everything that's happening, so it's hard for me to get scared by it. But I, I think with book two, it's even more so um, th- because there's a there's a general sense of, you know, the shit's about ready, the crap's about ready to hit the fan. And, and um, you, you know, I think um, – I think – there's some complex emotional family dynamics going on in book two um, that I think are more terrifying than the actual evil of what's going on. But, but that's, it's all wrapped together. So I think people will be thinking about this book days after they read it for lots of reasons. No, that's great. Now I I kind of drawing back a little bit. I do like the fact that you have, you know, Aiden a little bit whiny because, you know, the projection, you know, all guys out there, let's, let's face it, all guys have that persona when they're out in the world of, hey, I'm a tough guy. If I, you know, I fall down, I got to rub some dirt in it and keep going. But there, right, you know, right. there's all there's all moments when we just, you know, that things just hit us, stresses so much, and it just feels like the end of the world is just coming, and you've, everything's falling mm-hmm. apart, and you just feel like crap, you know, and then your buddy's mm-hmm. there, and you're just venting it. And it may sound like you're whining or you're just complaining, but... You know, it's just venting. You know, it's it's a lot yeah. different than uh, most women, uh, how how they, you know, react emotionally and the way they deal with things. Um, so I like that dynamic because, you know, you're right. You know, a lot of books or a lot of movies you see, you know, that that stereotypical guy where you fall down, rub some beard in, it, and we're good to go. So yep, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, especially with the struggle with his faith, um, you know, again. Um, you know, guys aren't guys in their faith aren't talked about as much anymore. And you know, I think exploring that complex idea of what it means to be a guy and a believer in God, um, which I certainly am. Um, you know, I, I think has has you know, for the guys that have read the book, they've definitely brought that out of, of you know, I do whine to God sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, the whole <laughs> whole book of Job and some of the Psalms and Jeremiah, you know, all these biblical heroes whined a lot. You know, Elijah, you know, just kill me, God. You know, you know, then you have the prophet Jonah sitting out like, oh, I just want to die. Just kill me now. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that's, if that's not whining, I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, you know? Um, yeah, and, that, and well, that context. Wanted, oh. Jonah, yeah, I mean, Jonah wanted God to commit, uh, you know, genocide, basically. <laughs> you know, he's like, mm-hmm. God, I will not be happy until you kill a whole race of people. You know? So he's just sitting there and then he whines when it doesn't happen. So it's like, you know, I, I think we we um, we just do a disservice to guys uh, as as characters in literature that you know 
they're not always the strong, silent type. Um, they're, you know, they they have emotional issues, and sometimes they're not pretty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think they're I think people can be, at least in literature, they're a lot more they're a lot less people are a lot less tolerant of guys having emotional issues. Um, yeah. In books, you know. Yeah. So I mean, what I mean, were you getting a lot of um, a lot of uh, derision or a lot of negative feedback then when you when you were encountering um, when you were writing this and um, you're ba- you're basically portraying the I, I don't know the 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 guy version of I I don't want to say uh, okay I'm not even going to say that now not, okay <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost no. stepped into a big quagmire right there and I'm just like eh, no, yeah I prob- uh, probably not yeah, okay no I, I, no I think I think as far as pushback no I mean and it's funny is I didn't have one guy really well, maybe have one or two guys that said that he was too whiny. But by and large, it was it was from women, and, and it wasn't a huge. It wasn't like this overwhelming like chorus of negative voices. But there there are probably uh, at least at least on Goodreads a few women who are just like he's whiny, you know, he's not a man, blah blah blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. how many guys do you actually know, <laughs> and how well yeah. do you know them, you know? <laughs> um, so it's it, it's it was a little frustrating in that sense. But in that sense, you're just dealing with people's people's own blind spots, and I think. You know, you can't, it's hard to get around that, really. And, and you know, as far as exploring the faith aspect, I, I don't think I've had one negative reaction to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I'm, I'm tired of, you know, here's the thing. A lot of the books that you see on the shelves are so whitewashed and antiseptic. Um, you know, they don't explore real issues very, very well. Um, and a lot of the times the faith element is left out, which considering, you know, what is it, 80% of the, 80%, 90% of the world believe in God of some type, um, I'd say that's a pretty darn important aspect to discuss in literature, and I think it's wide open. And you, and you look at some of our great books of the 20th century, they either discuss God or the absence of God or some aspect of God. And so um, this, this modern notion in publishing that you can't address it, and especially in young adult novels, it, I just think is crap. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's. I think you're being. I think people are being a coward for even shying away from it. Both publishers and writers are being cowards for shying away from it. Because if you if you want to be a true artist, and then you then true art portrays human experience as it is, not as you might wish it to be. And um, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean you preach a sermon in your books by any stretch. You you present human belief or non-belief in all of its complications. And um, mm-hmm. I, I certainly try to try to do that with Three Gates. Well, and, and, Dar- and Dark Bride, to some extent. I think it's kind of going along with the movement that's kind of going along where it seems like everything has to have God moved out of it. I mean, you know, look at yeah. some of the people yeah. that are trying to get God we trust taken off of our coins and, uh, and our bills, or as well as getting, you know, the Ten Commandments removed from some courthouse back east, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I just, well, I think, I, it's, it's just funny. interesting it's, how been some in people Europe, are. People in Europe have a lot less problem with this issue than we do in America. Like, you know, yeah. um, people are, are way more free, free form and, and willing to talk to these issues, whether they're believers or not, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, nobody, nobody in England gets hopped up about, um, you know, the church of England being a state church or whatever. No one really, mm-hmm thinks about it twice. And and I yeah. think I think here in America both sides of the of the of the issue 
have made it so impossible to talk to each other. Like, you know, you know, as far as the Ten Commandments on the courthouse, no one probably pays any attention to that statue most of the time they walk past it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because so that yeah. you got one person, and most people don't even think about it. Like, oh, it's a state-imposed religion to have some kind of monument in the courtyard. And, and you know, like there was, I think there was a lawsuit where people tried to get a cross taken down. It was a World War II memorial. That's like, really? I mean, people just relax. And it, it's not... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I appreciate that, you know, having a lot of atheist friends and hang out with atheists, that sometimes mm-hmm. they feel marginalized. And that, that should definitely be addressed. But, yeah. but there comes a point where you're just like, you know, it's a World War II memorial. It's a cross. No one probably thinks twice about it. <laughs> I mean, most people yeah. are just living their lives and trying to feed their kids or, you know, going to their jobs. Their jobs might suck or they may not. And you know, unless you're stripped naked running down a mall somewhere, most people are probably not going to pay that much attention. Sorry to say. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know and who saying? knows? We, yeah, we might see a, a change, you know, at least in writing, and that, you know, especially with the new Constantine TV series coming out, where I mean, yes. a lot of yeah. that story is involved with, you know, he, you know, God, the devil, you know, demons and angels, oh. and so it, it may be interesting to see if there is that kind well, of shift. And comic books and, and the paranormal and all that stuff have never been afraid to, to explore yeah. those issues. Um, Daredevil is, a, is, you know, a conflicted Yeah, Catholic. another good one. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Frank Frank Miller, um, you know, he was an atheist, but he made, mm-hmm. he really brought that out in Matt Murdock's character. Um, yeah. Because he's like, I, I find that interesting and it should be discussed. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm afraid to go there. You know what I mean? And like I said, he's an atheist. But he wanted Daredevil to believe in God and be a, a conflicted Catholic, um, and that's the kind of thing that art should do. Um, what do you what do you what do you do when you throw a, a committed Catholic to where he's a lawyer by day and a vigilante at night? And what kind of conflicts does that does that bring? And oh, yeah. serious problems with women. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> to say the um, least. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's that's what good art. I mean, what you know, part of Star Wars, um, the Force, you know, wasn't God necessarily, but it was this mysterious presence that we all just dug when we saw we were, when we were kids. We were just, we instinctively got it, um, you know, and and I think, it, which made it sort of different from a lot of the sci-fi that was out there. I mean, there's a lot of sci. People forget there's a lot of sci-fi in the early '70s, um, before Star Wars ever came out. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was a new genre by any means but it just something about it just took it to another level and i think the force certainly had a an aspect of that i agree nice so three gates of the dead is out now it came out october 3rd uh mm-hmm. it's in hardback is it in e- ebook as well it's an ebook and the ebook is on sale on every platform uh right. for two dollars for the month of october so Nice. Uh, if you want to try it out, I'm not too sure about it. Today or you, this month is your month because it's only two. Yeah. Only, if you hate it, it only costs you two bucks. <laughs> and then Dark <laughs> Bride. Which, yeah, now and Dark Bride, which is the sequel, comes out uh, next year. So yeah, early second, I think April twenty second. Nice. Yep, so it's coming out at C two E two. I think we're hopefully putting some final touches on that, but. Um, Looks like I'll have a table there and hopefully get on some panels. And, um, so that'll be our big coming out party, hopefully. Okay. Cool. That's exciting. Well, you can definitely pick this up on Amazon.com. So everyone, 
go to DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, click on the link, and then go buy the book, either ebook or uh, or normal. But uh, it's also available on BarnesandNoble.com, but I suggest Amazon, just because, hey, it benefits us. This is pretty sweet. Um, you know, if you like horror, you like a good horror, murder, mystery, paranormal book that's going to make it so you Ha- you're going to leave the lights on at night. Go pick this up. Um, I'm probably going to go run and pick this up as well as the uh, the, the other book you suggested earlier. Um, War in Heaven. Yeah, War, War in Heaven. Heaven. And then yeah. go read it now because you're not going to have to wait very long. You know, come April, you get book two. Yep. There you you go. know, a lot of the times okay. you have to wait a whole year. You're not even going to have to wait that. So, um with yeah. that said, you know, exactly. our time's out. Yep. Our time's up. We got, we got to go, but so, you know, uh, I, I yeah, apologize. So where can, where can our right, listeners guys, find out more so about your work, Jonathan? Oh, no, go ahead. Where can our... our... Oh, uh, yeah, I've got a website, um, authorjonathanryan.com, and then we have uh, we have a section at patheos.com, which is the largest interface site in the world. It's called The Rogue, and uh, we do everything from reviews to interviewing Kirk Cameron to Ken Ham to Vera Firminga from... Um, from Bates Motel. So it's kind of an eclectic blog, so everyone can check that out as well. Cool. Very cool. Well, um, you know, let's uh, stay in touch, and then as book two comes out, we'll have you come back on and tote some uh, more about that. Appreciate you coming on the show and giving us more of your time. Uh, So everyone, you know, run out, grab this book. If you want a little bit more details, jump on our uh, YouTube channel, and you can definitely see the interview from Comic-Con where Jonathan goes into some more detail about the book. And, uh, again, if you don't want to spend too much to give it a try, it's only $2, $2 for the e-book. That's not bad. Yeah. And you're going to be hooked yep. forever. Two bucks. Yep. It's way healthier than a uh, McDouble with jalapenos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, you won't get fat reading that. No. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so you much for your so time much, uh, tonight. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks, said, I'll have to talk Appreciate to you more much. after about the demonology stuff. All right. Thanks, buddy. Okay. All right. Catch you later. See you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Holy folks. cow. That was like a blitzkrieg tonight. Man. I know. Yeah, we got <laughs> it was crazy. So, with that said, folks, uh, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to have a, a great show lined up. Uh, Amber and Des are coming in to talk about their new Geek Girl uh, th- thing they put together. Yeah, I my, to brain, my brain is fuzzled at this point. Um, and then after that, we're going to have our Halloween special with uh, author Dan Wells, Dan Wells. Uh, which is going to be awesome. And there's just more great stuff to come up. And then again, a month from today, we're going to have the U Geek Media guys back in. Yeah. In, and this is going to be a monthly thing. And then next week, uh, we're also going to have the next episode of A Day in the Life of the Barbarian Chef. Oh, man. Here <laughs> more we go. is coming. I know. It's awesome. Oh, man. So, uh, those, with, hey, those U Geek Media guys. Super cool guys. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're nice guys. Cool cat. Uh, yeah. Dennis and Adrian, uh, I've known them for a while now, and uh, you know this is going to be a, a partnership uh, and relationship that we're going to foster and we're going to yeah. really push. Yeah. Um, they gave me a great opportunity in writing for yeah, them. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, that's ex- extended to all of us. So yeah, um, you know, if there's any anything you ever think of, just you know, part- reach out to them. So uh, with that said, we got to go. All right, so uh, I. I mean, uh, I've been saving this all day, and in light of recent events, I kind of have to say it is kind of sarcastic, but 
it's sarcastic and vitriol filled, but I have to say it. So thank you, Utah. Thank you, Anita. I hope you're really proud of yourselves. To everyone else, have a good night and always get more from your games. Bam. Alrighty. And with that, well, that was a really long 10 seconds. We're out of here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>